I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And hey, a quick one to get going this week. If you like the show, if you find the education helpful, you even mm, bear with a little of my humor, sarcasm, and irony. Well, could I ask a favor? You see, it really helps when you subscribe to the show. When you get your friends to subscribe to the show, when you share the show with others via direct channels or even your social media, you see, it helps us reach more folks. So no matter where you listen, please, please subscribe. We really appreciate it. Apple Podcasts, etc. Oh, and if you really like us, well, leave a lovely review in the review section. That, of course, helps as well. And with that, and with much appreciation, Let's get on with this week's show. And we're going to begin with a word, the magic word, a single word, the one that determines success for those seeking to penetrate the thin air of world-class performance, to succeed on their journey to the first finish line, or simply just to thrive in life performance. What is that word? Go on, boy. You in the back. Yes, you slinking down in the corner, you laddie, speak up. Speak up, boy. We can't hear you. Ah, good. Finally, you got it right. Yes, that's right. That's the word consistency. The word that every coach and athlete will tell you is the secret to high performance. But, what most will struggle to tell you is the path for you, no matter your level, to carve out consistency. It's a little bit like a swim coach telling you, engage your lats more. Well, that's great and it sounds good, but how the heck do I achieve that? Where are my lats anyway? You see, being told the secret to performance is consistency without actually being guided on the path to achieve it, renders that statement completely useless. So let's fix it. Today's show is all about that single word, consistency. And I aim to establish your habits, your mindset, and the approach to drive you towards long-term performance gains. And it is all in the meat and potatoes. But first, we get to move on to week two of our newest little section, who the bleeding egg are you? Yes, case studies from around the world of Purple Patch to educate, to inspire, or even act as a cautionary tale. And today, well, it's a Purple Patch athlete who's letting us use their name. Dan Garrity. Dan, based in the UK, has a long story. It's a great story, but it's one that I'm going to take a little poetic license on because I'm going to abbreviate it and share for the sake of inspiration and an important lesson. See, growing up, Dan was athletic, but that 
fitness and enjoyment of various sports was replaced when he went to university. You can only imagine. And emerging from university, he continued to, as the Americans would say, party, and then he parted some more. Long work hours, consistent big nights out, or B&Os, as my brothers and I like to say, left him tired, stretched, and in his words, incomplete. And he decided to make a change. In 2019, he broke the spell. And with friend's support, he tried a triathlon. Now, as he got into the sport, he decided to read a book, The Fast Trap Triathlete. Now, who wrote that? But it had a big impact on him. And he decided in October 2019 to join the Purple Patch Squad program. With high hopes and grand excitement for a big 2020 year of racing a performance, Dan was ready. Well, you know where this is going, don't you? 2020 happened. But what did happen for Dan? Despair? Frustration? Sure. But there was more, and I want to give you context. It's a tough year. You see, Dan's wife, her business, halted overnight. He had to return to work in night shifts. And like many people out there, his life was essentially in chaos. So it's now in the part of the story that I'm going to move to Dan's own words, word for word. He said, the one thing that was consistent throughout this journey was training, support, accountability. All that I got via Purple Patch, it kept me focused, it kept me healthy, and if I'm honest, it probably saved me a little bit last year. It doesn't mean I didn't struggle, but it provided a lifeline, a focus, some control. And what Purple Patch has taught me is more than how to ride a bike better or how to run faster. What Purple Patch taught me is how to navigate adversity. It's taught me how to inspire others around me. And when it feels like the world is falling apart around you, simply follow the rules, nail the basics and control the controllables. And I think that's perfect because that, folks, is the power of sport. It is the value that you get by committing and I use that word really carefully, committing to a performance journey. You see, 2020 was the crucible of chaos, and it was the crucible of high stress for most of us. But life outside of what happened to us in 2020 often brings situation where it feels like the importance of a performance journey evaporates. But the truth is that nine times out of 10, it is exactly the framework of that journey that will facilitate the ability for you to navigate any stress that you're under, get back on track and ultimately emerge stronger. And so Dan, thank you for your words, your courage, and I hope by you allowing me to share this little snippet and story, you can inspire others to stay on track. 2021. Now, Dan, you and all of us can perform not just in life, but in sport because you're thriving in life right now. And so, super stuff. With that, it's the end of Who the Bleed Neck Are You? And Dan is Dan Garrity from the UK. Thanks for being a part of Purple Patch. Now, let's dial in the squatty update. And this week, it's a quick one. 
fast courses. I mentioned this before, but it is a magic freebie for you. A lot of folks are excited about racing and quite rightly so. It's been a while, isn't it? And so we've had many folks asking questions around performance on courses that are flat and supposedly fast. And this really originated from back in early December with the Professional Triathletes Organization's Daytona Challenge, as well as many folks racing in Challenge Miami, Florida, Arizona, Ironman California that's coming later in the year, and many, many more. And so we decided to share a little in-depth wisdom about the way to train to get the most fast out of those flat and fast courses for free for you. And so it's very simple. If you're interested as an endurance athlete about the path to get the most out of a faster course, head to purplepatchfitness.com forward slash fast course training. We'll put that in the show notes, of course. And what you'll do is enter a comprehensive drip feed of education specifically targeted for endurance athletes priming to do their best fast. And there's no strings attached. All we hope that it's helpful for you. So purplepatchfitness.com forward slash fast course training. Enter that in and it's all for you. A little gift from me and the Purple Patch team. All right, Baza. I realize that listeners don't know your last name yet. But rather than me telling them your last name, I think this is a wonderful day and week for me to immortalize you. Madonna Pele, hmm, I give to you Barry. And with that gift, Barry, the one and only, with the last name unnamed, Barry, get on with your freaking job. Give us your best. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Word of the Week. We like the way he thinks, serious with the wings. Yes, it's Word of the Week, and it's one of those that you might want to head to the show notes and do a little further reading. We're going to post the research article into the show notes, of course, but it is a quick hit. Economy is the Word of the Week, and it's for one for those of you who, despite all the guidance, all of the calling, still sit there on your high perch and poo-poo the value of incorporating strength training into your endurance training. What do you typically say? Oh yeah, I don't have time. I don't want to miss my bikes or my runs for strength training. I run hills, that's my strength training. Well, a new study appearing in the International Journey of Sports Physiology and Performance highlights one of the big impacts of strength and conditioning for endurance athletes. The work by the research highlights results that indicate that strength work improves economy in both cycling and running in long-distance triathletes, all without increasing muscle mass. Hmm, what's economy? Well, it's an important variable for your performance in endurance sports, and the easiest way to think about it is kind of in car terms. It's a little bit like your miles per gallon. And in fact, it's your miles per gallon metric of endurance performance. It's integral in you retaining your efforts throughout the demands of the race. Become more economical, you become a better endurance athlete. 
And so for you poo-pooers of strength out there, it might just be time to adjust your priorities. Come on, don't be shy. Join us up here in the heady heights of optimal performance. Endurance, strength, nutrition, and recovery. There is a reason the four pillars are the central focus of the methodology of all purple patch athletes. And this research article, which we'll add in the show notes as I mentioned, is why we're making this week, the word of the week, economy. And with that, it is time. We get to focus on the single word, consistency. Ah, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for the meat and potatoes. Your magic word of performance, consistency. It's time to rip that word apart and set up a path of success. But if we're going to talk about it, we should define it in terms of an endurance athlete and a performance-minded individual. When I talk about consistency, this is my framework. It is specific training applied over many, many months with that training yielding positive performance adaptations. And so I think it's important for us to remember this isn't just about you working hard. It's the fact that working hard results in physiological adaptations that are ensure that you become more resilient, fitter, stronger, more powerful. Yes, you improve. And this is not short term. There is no quick fix. This is as you have heard me say many times before, a journey. It's a journey of your sporting goals, your health, how you show up in the workplace, heck, even your happiness. It all anchors around you finding your recipe for consistency. And I want us to keep that in mind. What we're doing today is trying to help you find your consistency and the recipe for that. And with that framing, let's dig in. What we're going to do today is we're going to review the methodology that I believe can help deliver this to you. Then we're going to carve out and establish the right mindset so that you can apply that methodology. And then we'll finish with some tactical how-tos that you can go and implement today, this week. Now, all important building blocks of performance. But before we do that, run upstairs and get your pajamas on and brush your teeth and then come back down and sit on my knee because I need to tell you a story. We need to start with a case study, a real case study of Jim. Jim is a good guy. Jim has a big job. It's in financial services. And when I work with Jim, he had big ambition, and it all anchored around, oh, what's that sport? That's right, Ironman. Now, Jim, he didn't want to just complete. He was here to compete. And the big KQ qualification to Kona was the mission. 
And starting the journey with me, he was very clear. Thank you, Jim. High clarity. He was ready for work. Matt, I've cleaned the deck. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to get the work done. And my family is highly supportive. Let's do this. Red flags popped up for me very early in the journey. You see, Jim had extensive travel, many sleep challenges, and natural resistance to pull back, probably if I'm being a little truthful due to ego, a little bit of an incapacity to really manage, and certainly a resistance to recovery. In fact, I would say that Jim was prone to adding more and more work on top of my prescribed training. My challenge was persuasion of a shift in mindset and approach to someone who just didn't want to hear. You see, in these early months, Jim was improving. He was getting faster. And in his mind, he was building performance. This is what it took. And the initial 10, 12 weeks, we actually saw really big gains. But a coach-athlete battle was brewing. You see, Jim consistently complained, I wasn't giving him enough. And on the other side, I was concerned about his habits, his lack of downtime, his hard-charging, rapid acceleration of effort over just a few weeks. And his big events were months away. You probably don't need to be a genius to understand or guess how the story unfolds. Over the following 10 to 12 weeks, Jim began to get really stretched across multiple areas of life. He got fatigued. He got niggles. And the rapid gains quickly plateaued. In fact, the rapid gains converted to regression. And the next eight months, eight months of his season were a constant struggle. Motivation dipped. And the lack of integration of any performance habits continued. It was a fight. Ultimately, that season, it ended in frustration. The next season started with renewed vigor, the same ambition. But unfortunately, the same mistakes followed. All in and pretty much all done. Now, perhaps this was Jim's DNA, but his battles continued and he's a great guy but he failed to nail down the recipe for his performance journey. He lacked perspective. He couldn't find consistency. It was all fireworks when he needed a slow burn approach. And Jim's story is just a classic example of an athlete driving themselves out of sport within a couple of years because it's unsustainable, and it's not satisfying. And so, what's the lesson? Pretty simple. Don't be like Jim. Find a different path. And I want you to hold that context while we dig in today. Let's start to unpack the word consistency, the thing that we need. And let's first go into the methodology. Because we can't discuss consistency without actually basing ourselves in the anchor methodology that drives the life of every single purple patch athlete. And that methodology is called the pillars of performance. But rather than 
echo off just a quick summary. I want to explain today how the pillars of performance originated. And it began with, well, it began with me. You see, I came to the US on a swimming scholarship and I managed to get to a high level. Twice I competed in the finals of the Olympic trials. No, I did not make the team. I know, rub it in. But I didn't make the team because of poor work ethics. In fact, I worked my tail off. And that's important for this story. But following swimming, I went straight into swimming coaching. And all the while, I continued my studies. And those studies were in exercise and clinical physiology. And as I finished my master's degree while acting as an assistant coach at Division I swimming level, I decided to take up the sport of triathlon. And so on the face of it, I was armed with every chance of success. I had a backbone of strong education in a related discipline and master's degree in clinical and exercise physiology. I had an experience as an elite athlete in a different sport that was also associated. And now I had several years as a swimming coach. Well, once again, I know I'm a pretty slow learner, but once again, I threw my work ethic at the problem. And my performances, just like Jim, rose pretty rapidly. I then went on and I secured the services of a well-known coach and, well, quote, went pro. And let me tell you, I am the epitome of how to execute a triathlon career poorly. After a few good results and a couple of years of development, I quickly began to struggle. And the work ethic remained. Goodness me, I was a tough old bastard, I could tell you. But that work ethic just resulted in ever deeper fatigue until I finally fell into some form of chronic fatigue or deep burnout. My system, my mind was exhausted. And you know what? It was the best thing that ever happened to me because I had the privilege to reflect. And as I laid low in that fatigue, and I had a little time out to step back and look at the landscape of performance globally, I came to a realization. And that was that my story was just a more extreme example of something that I saw happening consistently across sport and performance. And that was that there was an underperformance relative to the work that so many were putting in. Pros and amateurs alike were struggling for consistency for predictable improvements, for results. And so as I began to coach triathletes, I decided that I was going to take an approach that at that time was really against the grain of the culture of the sport. I felt that so many athletes and coaches simply dumped training programs on top of the demands of life. Almost the entire focus of any program was about the accumulation of training miles or hours. And toughness was seen as the differentiator of success. Aspects that nowadays are accepted as integral were completely ignored, or at least only given lip service. Sleep, recovery, habits in nutrition, strength training, they were all pure afterthoughts, or even worse, seen as a sign of weakness. And it was out of this environment that the pillars of performance that we talk about today came to be. And we developed it as an educational tool, no more. 
we want to set the mindset and the habits of every single athlete. And the principle of all this was simple because I love to dial down complexity into as simple and accessible as possible. And the mission behind the Pillars of Performance was really sort of established or to designed, like I should say, to deliver a very simple concept. And that's that we ultimately train swim, bike, run for triathletes. We train so that we can arrive at races prepared to perform. So we don't chase accumulating as many training hours as possible. Instead, we chase as many hours as possible that fit into life and that the athlete can achieve positive adaptations to. And this is the point. This is really important. And so as a coach, I decided not to predetermine a number of hours each week that we wanted to hit. Instead, I built every athlete's program around key sessions of the week and then supporting sessions around those. And I decided to really maintain a dynamic mindset, as I like to call it, with the number of hours that would actually support the key sessions. Now, in addition to this, I would absolutely prioritize the supporting elements of nutrition, recovery, and strength. I would prioritize them and put them on an equal playing field, not an afterthought, an equal playing field as the bullseye endurance program. In fact, that was the program. It wasn't for the triathletes about swim, bike, run. It wasn't for the runners about run. It wasn't for the cyclists about biking. It was for triathletes, swim, bike, run, but in equal part, strength, basic habits and nutrition, and embracing enough time to recover, including sleep. And that was the program, no matter the level of athlete, that was designed to achieve success. And I believe that this premise, this mindset, this methodology, educational tool, however you want to label it, this premise was the driver, the absolute driver, for us to begin to have some really compelling results. Now, in the early years, I got criticism from uh, many quarters, claiming that I was selling quick fixes or shortcuts to success. But we began producing repeated results. In fact, we developed long-term progression across genders of some of the top athletes in the world. And add to it, we had a startlingly low injury rate, an incredibly low instance of burnout. And overall, we had a very, very happy group of professional athletes on a quest for personal performance. And right there in front of us were the results. Now, we didn't get everything right, of course. We made plenty of mistakes along the way. But there is absolutely no doubt to me that the approach built in a dynamic mindset to reduce the emphasis on simple work accumulation and to take a more integrated approach was the path to the success of our athletes. And it was all built on that methodology, the pillars of performance. And from those early years, from that time, we have seen a pattern emerge from the world-class athletes to the wannabe athletes, to someone that's actually just seeking improved life performance that never even has any ambition to get on a start line. And it is constant. And it is worth saying again, 
And that's that when you have a smart and appropriate endurance training program that successfully integrates into life, and that endurance training program includes strength and conditioning, integrates habits around nutrition and hydration, and is supported by enough recovery and sleep, you accelerate every time over the long term as well. And it isn't that complicated. It works as it is working with you and with your life. It isn't just dumped on top of life. It decompresses the pass-fail mentality or mindset of training that really shackles so many athletes. It extinguishes the starting point of, oh my goodness me, I have to hit X number of hours or miles in order for me to have training success, regardless of what is happening in the rest of your life. And this, folks, this, this is your path to defining and creating consistency, the word of today. Now, I should add to this that there are plenty of programs and great practitioners in many of the areas already discussed. There are super strength and conditioning coaches. There are great nutritionists. There are world experts in sleep and body work, spiritual leaders and teachers of meditation, therapists of all kind. And all of these, the good ones, I greatly respect. And they all have their role and their place in performance. But any good one, of these practitioners will tell you that their job is one cog in the wheel. You see, just because Ariana tells you to sleep doesn't necessarily mean that you're healthy and ready to thrive. Because if you eat poorly or don't move the body at all, you just become a sloth. And just because Deepak persuades you to meditate, it won't enable you to be really stable if you also don't move your body, prioritize sleep, etc., etc. You see, it is the whole picture, the everything. Making sure that you embed all of these components into your life on a consistent basis. And this doesn't mean that it needs to be massively complicated. In fact, the more that we can reduce things to actionable, to simple, to repeatable, the better you will be even though every wearable device company out there will tell you that their data is the most important thing in the world. And so the pillars of performance, those four pillars, endurance, strength, nutrition, recovery, this integrated approach to performance, I believe is the way for you to find your word, consistency. And so with that methodology in your arm, an equal playing field of those four pillars, we must realize and we must go on to section two with mindset because even with that methodology, realize this, life is not a spreadsheet. It tends to stray towards chaotic. And within this wonderful things called life, it is its unpredictability that we must make smart decisions so that we ensure that we drive towards consistency over many, many weeks. And I label this as being able to come out of the weeds, ensuring that an athlete's decision-making, and in fact, a coach's plan building, 
doesn't fall into the world of being reactive. There are a few tricks that can help you establish a consistent pattern of performance mindset. And so, therefore, we'll carve out consistency. So the first of these around mindset, meat, potatoes, and veg, avoid the casserole. All right, what is Dixon on about? Well, from a training standpoint, when we view a week of training for an athlete, it's really important that we don't look at every single workout on the plan as carrying the same weight or emphasis. No matter the level of athlete that you are, we tend to view each week of training around the more focused key sessions, the ones that have been built or designed to drive the performance needle. Now, this doesn't mean that every session is bone crushingly hard, but what they do represent is the focal point of the week of training. And having these key sessions up there, the ones that we say, okay, this is the focal point, it really helps you, the athlete, gain clarity. But on top of that, it creates a framework or a toolkit to manage overall stress and load. And that's because the remaining sessions we can review as supporting. Really important, they have their role as a collective, but within the fabric of a broader week of training, we now can look at the supporting sessions and decide to increase load or reduce load depending on what is happening in life and the state of fatigue. And so in those supporting sessions, it's really easy to remove some of the intensity, to reduce the duration of those sessions, or even eliminate if life commitments or deep fatigue get in the way. By always retaining the integrity of the key sessions, but then potentially reducing the load of the supporting sessions, or in fact, adding load when the life stress ebbs and you've got a little bit more capacity, it suddenly empowers you to create a framework of a more integrated approach. When life is breathing in and out, your training approach can be in lockstep, right alongside with it. Stress amplifies in life, maybe you just reduce the training stress a little bit. Life is good, okay, let's take advantage. Very, very simple, but empowering for the athlete. The second part of this is for you as the athlete to commit to perspective. You see, with that word consistency in mind, it's really important for you to always retain perspective, not just in training, but broader life. The amount of times that I must remind athletes that they might just be underperforming in a singular session due to the layered two weeks of tough work that I just prescribed to them. But if the athlete gets stuck in the now, in the past fail, as I like to call it, and then all perspective is lost. And so I always encourage athletes to think about last week, this week, and what's happening next week. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I'll say it again. Last week, this week, next week. That's the 3,000 foot lens. Yesterday, today, tomorrow. The ground level, 1,000 foot lens. Now, a quick point of reflection at these level consistently lead to smart decision-making. 
particularly when you have to make decisions of should I push through or should I pull back, all dependent on fatigue or life schedule. And it's going to create an understanding of some of the why when they feel really energetic or conversely, when they're really tired. And if you understand the why, you could be smart about your training. Finally, in mindset, it takes courage to recover. This is one of my favorite Purple Patch sayings. In fact, so much so that it is painted on the wall of the Purple Patch Center that I am sitting in right now recording this show. But it isn't enough to have a nice painting with cool neon lights and saying it takes courage to recover. That phrase must be embedded on our hearts and minds. I won't say much about the methodology of the application of recovery, except that consistent bounce of multiple days of lower stress training are essential for consistent effective training. But what I will say, and this is critical, is that recovery goes well beyond allowing your muscles to recover. In fact, if we broaden it out to life, any task, any project, any training program that you're embracing requires focus. It requires commitment. And with that comes a cognitive tax, a load that accumulates. No matter how committed or passionate you are in the pursuit of your performance, never fail to remember that you will excel if you consistently commit to step away and recharge. And this applies to life and sport. You might be an entrepreneur that's building the world's next tech icon, a CEO who's been brought in to rebuild a failing company, or an athlete choosing world-class performance. But progression and consistent effectiveness will only come if you frequently have the courage to step away, to give yourself space, to turn it off. And I understand it's really tough to do so, but it is the mindset to build your brilliance, and particularly your brilliance over the long term. Don't be like Jim. Remember the word, consistency. Okay, and with that, the final section of today's show, a few tactics and how-tos. With this, we must begin with the integral habit of performance, the Sunday special. I believe that this is the most important habit to create the path of consistency. We've discussed perspective, and here is a habit to force it. Every Sunday, a quick 20 to 30 minutes, that's all I ask. Now, you can do it on any day of your choosing, but we call it the Sunday special. And this habit is one in which you spend just that time, 20 to 30 minutes, to pause and reflect on the prior week of life and training, but most importantly, you lay out the week ahead. In this order, your life commitments, your work priorities, those meetings, your commitments around work, your time for sleep, yes, that's important, a little bit of time blocked for free time and stepping away as we just talked about, and from this process, you suddenly arrive at a framework and you have a landscape of the week of which then you are equipped, you are empowered 
to integrate your training into. And what this prevents is you just dumping training on top of life. Instead, you are building training within the context of your immovable and critical commitments. And you're going to adjust or evolve the plan through what I would label now an optimization challenge. And we do love optimization challenges, don't we, boys and girls? And so that is one tactic that I bring back up. I've talked about it before on this show, but is really, really important. The second, absolutely embrace what I label soul-filling training. Now, I should say that I have never, or at least very seldom, been told that my training programs are too easy. I hear plenty of complaints about how tough the sessions are, how I'm cruel with my intervals, because, well, we work hard because that's what it takes. But there's a dirty secret of every successful coach and athlete. And that secret that you should appreciate is that a whole bunch of the training executed is actually really quite easy. It is and should be really low stress. And this type of training is what I like to call soul filling. You see, believe it or not, a lot of your training sessions can be massively effective, important, but also enjoyable escapes from the rigors of life. They don't actually need to be physiologically that stressful. They don't need to actually induce a massive cognitive tax. A really, really easy run, a social ride with friends, whatever it is. In fact, Jesse Thomas, one of the best-known Purple Patch pros that we have, he would race at a pace of 5 minutes and 15 seconds for every mile. But his soul-filling training, 8-minute mile pace, 9-minute mile pace. Yes, that easy, soul-filling. But by marking the mindset and the tactic of embracing that easy, and it is importantly easy. It is going to facilitate the opportunity for you to really get up physically and mentally for those big key sessions. And it's also a path to develop long-term mental and physical resilience. It is one of the tactics for you to create, oh, what's the word of today's show? That's right, consistency. And finally, folks, to cap this show, my master tactic, keep learning. Immerse yourself in the process. The athlete that just shows up and checks the boxes, that is almost overly obedient, that just throws work ethic at the prescription and relies on their toughness to seek performance, well, that athlete is just the Matt Dixon story of performance. Tough, hardworking, and underperforming. Hmm. There is absolutely no need for my mistakes to be repeated by you. Instead, invest. Invest in the understanding of the why behind the training. Build confidence in your decisions around recovery and develop an armor against the many distractions of the craziness, the absolute quackery that fills so much of the performance advice out there. Consistency, I promise you, consistency always arises out of pragmatism, a little bit of perspective, 
and finding your recipe of more simple and most repeatable. That's really fun to know, isn't it? And that, folks, is your path to performance consistency, an unpacking of the magic word of performance. Now, next week, we're going to dig into another associated word, and it is, well, it's kind of my heartbeat. It is a key world of my performance life, and it is recovery. We are going to revisit recovery, and I promise you it is one not to be missed. I might even invite you to sit on my knee again and listen to a story. But until then, I invite you, stay safe, please stay smart, keep up the great work, take care, and I really appreciate it. Thanks again. Have a great week. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Purple Patch Podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you share with your friends and even go the extra mile and head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review the show. The Apple Podcast link is in the show notes. Your support and positive reviews go a huge way in increasing our visibility and also the exposure to time-starved people everywhere who want to integrate sport into life and ultimately thrive. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Cheers!